0: Hey, my name's Ruben, the lead pastor here at Crossroads Church. Welcome to our podcast, where you can catch up on all the messages that you might have missed, or you might want to hear again. We hope you enjoy this message. We hope it challenges you. We hope it encourages you. And we hope ultimately that it would draw you closer to Jesus. Enjoy. So at the beginning of this year, we set out um, our vision of how we see we would move forward as a community. And um, it's no surprise, and Isaac already shared this morning, that our dreams disc is still central to that to be a community of people fully committed to following Jesus and actively sharing His love. You know, as a church, this is who we want to be. Um, this is a, this is not, it doesn't matter that if you've joined the community five years ago or if you've joined here today or you join in five years' time, this is the kind of community that I hope you'd find and the kind of community that we want to be. Um, and in order for that to be true, we are continuously looking at ways to equip us to live in this way. Um, for us, uh, for opportunities so that we can carry out this vision. So at the beginning of last year, we as elders, we developed these three questions for us to consider that if um, we all could answer these, then we would be likely living out our dream. And the questions were, just for reminder, that who am I receiving uh, meaningful spiritual input from and who am I giving this to? Um, who am I personally sharing God's love with and how am I serving? And last year, we took the opportunity to develop our understanding around these three questions, and we had various teaching um, in our, on our Sunday services around the, how we could do that with, with the good news, the cost, kaiārahi. Um, we were providing opportunities to make this a reality in our lives as we launched forward uh, into our uh, mentor framework that we had, and it's been going fantastic. Uh, there's, there's always opportunities if you want to know more about that, um, our mentor um, mentoring framework. Uh, if you want to be a mentor or be mentored, um, then I encourage you to come and see Isaac, our discipleship pastor, and he would be happy to help you with that. But it's a fantastic tool, and I, I feel strongly about everyone should have a mentor in their life and an opportunity to mentor someone as well. Then there's obviously um, development of these different ministries that we have with let Talk English. Um, you see, God's presence is so precious to us uh, and it's been so, it's something that we felt that we really wanted to explore more this year, uh, and we kicked off this this year with the Presence series, and then we had the Valley series of how God can still, is so present in those moments of highs and lows. And then we had the this, uh, this series um, back recently was For This Reason, uh, and uh, we looked at the, the book of Ephesians, and of course the training, which has been helping us to think about how do we disciple and disciple and disciple and share the love of God with people. There are kingdom nights that we've been having once a month. They're really special moments of being in God's presence where we experience the work of the Holy Spirit. We've seen a greater hunger for the gospel, which is exciting. We've seen people share their faith with others and they've come to know Jesus as their own personal Savior. We've seen some pretty special baptisms this year. God's moving in this place and it's fantastic. So, so far this year, we've spent significant time on on focusing on the gospel and the impact that it has in, in our lives and the importance of sharing it with others. And in this series, we want to peel back another layer a layer, and zone in on how the good news of Jesus impacts our relationships, how the good news of Jesus impacts our relationships, whether that's relationships with friends, family, Uh, Spouses, ourselves, or God Himself, we recognize that the gospel impacts all these significant areas of our lives. And today we want to look at the relational good news. Good news. And that's being God's love for us and our love for each other. God's love for us and our love for each other. So if you've got a Bible, then I encourage you to open up to 1 John. It's a book near at the end of the, the New Testament. First John chapter 4, and I encourage you to keep it opened as we're going to be referring back to it, and it won't be on the screen when we refer back to it later on, so have your Bibles opened if it's on your device or your physical Bible. I'm um, reading out of the NLT this morning, so First John chapter 4, verses 7 to 21, and this is what it says. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anywho, anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God but anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. God showed how much He loved us by sending His one and only Son into the world so that we might have eternal life through Him. This is real love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us, and His love is brought to full expression in us, and God has given us His Spirit as proof that we live in Him and He in us. Furthermore, we have seen with our own eyes and now testify that the Father sent His Son to be the Savior of the world. All who declare that Jesus is the Son of God have God living in them, and they live in God. We know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in His love. God is love, and all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face Him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. Such love has no fear. Perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is fear of punishment, and this shows that we are not fully experienced. We have not fully experienced His perfect love. We love each other because He first loved us. If someone says, I love God, but hates a fellow believer, that person is a liar. For if we don't love people, we can see, how can we love a God whom we cannot see? And He has given us this command. Those who love God must also love their fellow believers. Amen. Amen. So, I just want to look at three points this morning around this passage. And the first one is, God is love. Amen? God is love. Look at verse 8 and 16, but anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. We know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in His love. So in this passage, and I looked into this, the definition of the love of God, which translates to the Greek word agapio. This word is used here in this verse, and, and some of you may have heard of agape love, um, but this this is a slightly different um, uh, play on this. It's agape is a noun form of of love, whereas agapio, which is what is used here, is a verb form of love. And this is what has been described as. Listen to this the deep and constant love and interest of a perfect being toward entirely unworthy objects, producing and fostering a reverent love in them towards the giver, and a practical love towards those who are partakers of the same, and a desire to help others to seek the giver. That's beautiful, isn't it? I'm going to read again. Listen up. The deep and constant love an interest of a perfect being towards entirely unworthy objects, producing and fostering a reverent love in them towards the giver, and a practical love towards those who are partakers of the same and a desire to help others to seek the giver. God is love. Look at the first part of this. This deep and constant love and interest of a perfect being towards entirely unworthy objects. First, I want to point out that the love of God is so deep and constant. It's so deep and constant. It's not shallow love that it's really common in our culture today, right? What we what we we often say we, we, we love something or we love someone and it's quite surface level. But you see, the love of God is embedded into His character, and nothing He does contradicts it. He's motivated His love for us. He's motivated by His love for us, and it's this deep-seated, and it reaches into the very deep of our very being that God is love. It's constant, and it never changes, and amen, it never changes. Nothing we can do can change the love that God has for us. That's a blessing. Nothing that we can do can change how deep, of his, how deep his love is for us. And I, can't, I guess it's, it's kind of hard for our human mind to imagine that, right? That if someone hurts us, it's hard to love that person back, right? If we're honest this morning. It's like loving, he, he, he's, the, he's the loving and He's the perfect Father. And even though we, we would send grief to Him because of our actions toward Him, He loves us. Wow. He still loves us. And, and what He's doing is actually He's working towards bringing us back to a perfect relationship with Him. That's good news, amen? The second part of this, it says that it's directed at entirely unworthy objects. And this is, at the crux of it, this, that's, that's me, and that's, that's, that's you. Because none of us are actually worthy of God's love. You see, we by our natures have a thing called sin in our lives, which then actually makes us enemies of God. But yet His love for us drove Him to send a son, His Son to make us no longer enemies with God, but children of God. Isn't that amazing? I don't know about you, but I think it's… would be real hesitant, you know, in my human flesh, I'd be real hesitant to adopt someone who I hated or who hated me. But that, that did not stop God. That did not stop. Here's the bottom line. You see, God is love, and everything about Him is love. So God is love, but also God is loving. God is loving. Look at verses 9 and 10. It said, God showed how much He loved us by sending His one and only Son into the world so that we might have eternal life through Him. This is real love. Not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Just think about this for the moment. If someone tells you they love you, whether it's your wife, a husband, a parent, a grandparent, your bro, whatever it is, you have a certain expectation That when someone says to you, I love you, you have an expectation of what that means. If someone says they love you, you don't expect them to hurt you. Uh, When someone says, that I love you, you don't expect them that they'll cheat on you. When someone says that I love you, you expect them to treat you with extra dignity and respect, right? You see, you expect them to tell you of their love. You expect to hear that back when someone says, I love you, you expect to hear it back. And maybe some of you grew up in, in a life where your parents really didn't say it much, but you knew they loved you because they did lots of stuff for you and they're always there for you, but they maybe never said it to you. And of course, it's important to show um, love and, uh, through our actions and how we serve each other. And in fact, it's a spiritual command that if you're a follower of Jesus by not providing for your family, the Bible says that you're worse than a non-believer. So, it's important for us to do that. But maybe for those who've grown up and haven't heard the words from their parents that I love you, let me ask you, did you ever just yearn for them to say that I love you? Do you ever just yearn for them to say that I love you? You know, one of the things that I… wanted to do when I became a, a father was to make sure that I always told my kids that I love them. And I love telling them I love them because it lights their wee faces up and is fantastic. And I love it because they usually return going and saying, I love you too, Dad. It's important to say it. Do you, you see where I'm going with this? It's really important to echo the words that I love you. You see, here's the thing. Our God has said that He loves you. He loves you. God tells us in His word that He loves you. Jesus told us that He loves us. We're never in dark, we're never in the shadow, we're never in the place of unbelief. Does He actually love me? Let me tell you this morning: God loves you. He didn't just talk about it either. God showed His love toward us. And he does that in two ways. and the first one might be a bit hard for us to get our heads around, but he does it in two ways. And the first one is, He disciplines those who He loves. He corrects those who He loves. Let's uh, look at this. You're probably thinking he's absolutely nuts this morning. How is discipline loving? But listen to this. Try and follow me. Verses um, in, in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 5 to 6. It says this, My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline, and do not lose heart when He rebukes you, because the Lord disciplines those who He loves, and He punishes everyone who accepts His Son who doesn't. Listen to his discipline. You see, it, it, it's hard when you're receiving discipline that, that you accept it in a loving way. And at the time, I'm thinking to myself when I'm a kid here, when I was getting disciplined. When I was getting disciplined the kid, I did not think they loved me at all. The complete opposite. And, and they do love me, and they did love me. But man, when I was getting disciplined, I didn't like it. Does anybody else not like getting disciplined? You, you all, if you ever didn't put your hand up, you just told a lie in church. Let me give you an example of this. You know, I've heard it described like this. Let's just say, for example, I'm helping my girls to understand that it's important that when an adult tells you to stop doing something because it might be harmful or dangerous, that you want them to understand that it's important for them to stop the first time. The first time. And, and most kids, uh, they get excited about their ability to go out and run around and play outside, and in their excitements, they may do things that are a bit risky sometimes, Sometimes they might run into the street without looking, and you think, oh, no, stop. And the rule would be that if I shout stop, then, for, you know, no matter the situation, even if you're in midair, you stop, okay, and you come back to us. And from time to time, we're going to have to use that rule of saying stop, and, and we want them to listen to us, but they're kids, Right? their kids, and, and we yell, stop, and sometimes they stop, and it's wonderful, and it's beautiful, and you think, man, I am bossing this parent thing. And then other times you shout, stop, and they, their ears are painted on, they don't listen to you at all. And you think, what am I doing wrong here? Did I say it in the wrong language? Stop! And at this point, there comes a point whenever they, 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 they go on, and, and you say stop, and they don't listen, and they continue on, maybe it's running out in, on the street or running down the hallway, And what happens at that point is is there's a a moment that we need to think about how do we correct, how do we discipline, how do we rebuke, Uh, and I know I'm talking about parenting here, I'm not talking about those big words in front of a child, but it's important for us to think how we do that. Now, do we punish them because they ran down the hallway or or that we, we ran down onto the street? No. There's a punishment because there was disobedience. You see where I'm going with this? You know, it's not because we wanted to limit their freedom or squelch their personalities. No, not at all. It's because we didn't want to stand next to a tiny grave because it was harmful or what could be in front of them was very dangerous. You see, listen to this. This is how it relates. God lays down how we're to live to His standard. God says specific things that how we're to live to His standard, and He's saying, I want you to listen to these things because you're destroying your lives that you're ultimately heading down a road of destruction if you're not living up to my standard. He's saying it because He loves us. He loves us. I don't know if you've ever listened to the testimony of people who've wandered far away from God. And they tell you that if it wasn't for God calling them out or rebuking them or having the sense that the Holy Spirit convicted them of what they were doing was wrong, that ultimately they were heading down a road that was leading to destruction. I can share the testimony from my own life that I was exactly in that situation where I was pursuing the things that weren't of Jesus, and I was on this road, and I thought I was making all the right choices, but I was making completely the wrong choices, and then God spoke to me in such a powerful way through His Spirit, and He asked me to come back to Him and live my life in such a way that would represent Jesus. But if I hadn't, if I have chose my own way, ultimately I head to a road of destruction. Do you see why God calling us and rebuking us and, and, and disciplining us is love? Do we see that this morning? You see, the Bible tells us that the wages of sin is death. But when I change my life to align to God's standard, my life changed for the better forever. God shows His love by disciplining His children he also shows his love, how? By sending Jesus. By sending Jesus, the greatest moment in history. Let's reread verses 10. Uh, uh, we will, sorry, we will re- reread verses 10 and 12, but I want to quote some um, scripture from John chapter 3. Really, really um, famous verses in, in, in God's Word. John chapter 3, verse 16 it says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only, one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life, or everlasting life. But listen to the next verse. And often we read verse 16, and it is fantastic, but listen to the second uh, verse 17. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. That was Jesus' purpose. God's love drove Him to fix the mess that we had made for ourselves. He didn't just sit up there and start dishing out discipline, He said, I'm going to do something to save you from this predicament. And he secured salvation through the work of Jesus on the cross for you and for me. And the only way he could do it was by sacrificing Jesus, his son. He sent him to suffer at the hands of cruel men, finally being shamefully hung on a rugged wooden cross to die. Who did he die for? Perfect men and women? No. No. Sinners. Sinners who deserve nothing more but death and hell. But the love of God acted. <laughs> it acted. He didn't just sit up there wondering, I wonder if they're going to get their act together. No, he acted. And thank God that he acted, because without Jesus, there's no hope. Amen? For this life or for eternity. So remember this, church. God is love, and God is loving. So I want to just flip it for a second and think how that how can we go about with this, knowing this, that God is love and God is love. And how can we react to that? Well, our job as followers of Jesus Christ is to reflect His love, is to reflect His love. Look at verses 19 to 21. We love each other because He first loved us, uh, because He loved us first. If someone says, I love you, but hates a fellow believer, that person is a liar. For if we don't love people, we can see, how can we love a God whom we cannot see? And he has given us this command, those who love God must also love their fellow believers. You see, this series that we're looking at better now is designed for us to think about how the gospel not only has impacted our lives, but how the gospel of Jesus Christ impacts the relationships that we have. And church, I want to say something this morning. If you're a follower of Jesus and your relationships with other people hasn't changed since you've met Jesus, you need to know that it should change because we meet Jesus. It's important for us to think about that. So I want to discuss how we reflect God. Two parts of it. Firstly, we reflect toward God. We give Him praise. We give Him glory. We give Him honor. Amen? We reflect our love toward God through worship and praise. This is why we gather like this. To glorify the name that's above every name. We reflect our love toward Him. But let me ask the question, doesn't it make sense when someone says, they love you, and, and they show it to us that we would love someone back, right? It, it kind of makes sense, right? And I, I know in my own life, it's, it's been a lot easier to show love to those who say it and demonstrate it to me than to those who maybe don't say it and demonstrate it to me. You know, we show that love partly out of our gratitude for the love that's shown to us. And if we love someone, showing it becomes very natural, if we have true love with someone. And the biggest way that we can, we can show love toward God is by listening to His commands and living a life that's to His standard, by understanding the assignment from God and how we're to live our lives. That's the way that we can show our love toward Him, by, by, by living our lives in such a way that represents the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at chapter 5, and verse 3. It says that the love of God is to obey His commands, and His commands are not burdensome, And the reason they're not burdensome is because it's easier to obey someone you love than to obey someone you don't. We show our love by our obedience to Him. But we also show our love to God by showing love toward others. It's it's the greatest commandment, isn't it? Love God, love others. Let's reread verses 19 to 21 in chapter 4, and then we'll flip over to chapter 5. And we'll read a few verses from there too. But chapter 4, verses 19 to 21. We love each other because He loved us first. If someone says, I love you, but hates a fellow believer, that person is a liar. For if we don't love people we can see, how can we love a God whom we cannot see? And He's given us this command. Those who love God must also love their fellow believers. Now turn over to chapter 5. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has become a child of God. And any, everyone who loves the Father loves his children too. We know we love God's children if we love God and obey his commands. See it there? Loving God means keeping his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. For every child of God defeats the evil world, and we achieve the victory through our faith. And who can win this battle against the world? Only those who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. You see, we see that we love God by obeying His commands. And get this, we, le- we love others by obeying God's commands. You see how those fit together? Why do you do that? Why do we do that, suppose? Well, the reason is that the commands of God, they, they deal with two areas. Our relationship with God and our relationship with others. This is how it all connects together. Back in chapter 4, verse 11, it says that because God loved us, we should love others back. And just like our love for God is an outgrowth of His love for us, so also our love for others is an outgrowth of His love for us. Another aspect of loving other people and loving someone is our attitude towards them. In verse 15, uh, in chapter 3, it says that if you hate your brother, you are a murderer. We reflect the love of God by living this victorious, spirit-filled lives in love and obedience to God and seeing it pour out in our relationship toward others. It's so important. Verse 12 says that God, God's love is made complete in us. You see, God shows his love and we we show that love to others. That's how it works. God loves us, we love God, and then we show that love to others. People see the love of God most clearly when we show love toward them. We aim to reflect his love and obey him and serve one another. So I've had this thought and I want us to consider it. How is our attitude toward other people? I'm asking you this morning how is your attitude toward other people? How is your attitude towards those who maybe get on your nerves? And we all know there's some people who get on our nerves from time to time. But how's your attitude toward them? You know, how's your attitude when you're in, in the queue at the supermarket uh, and you're all sort of looking at, and smiling now because I know you know what, I, what I'm talking about here and you just want to get through the line, but someone's just taking forever. And, you know, and then you get to the checkout and the person's maybe had a hard day and they're not really smiling. And you think to yourself, man, you could just crack a smile. It would be a lot better. How is your attitude toward those people? How is it? Or or, or, or do we show appreciation to those people who've worked long hours and are serving our community? Do we? Do we, uh, Do we take time in our week to encourage people and thank them for the good work that they're doing around this place? I remember one time going into a public toilet, and there was someone there cleaning the toilets, and I said to them, thank you so much for what you do. Honestly, he nearly fell into the toilet when I said that. He couldn't quite believe that someone would take time to thank Him. You know, I challenge you this week, how's your appreciation going to different people? Think about that. It's what we're called to do as followers of Jesus. Remember this. This is important for you to know. As followers of Christ, you might be someone's first impression of Jesus. Whoa. That's a bit to think about, isn't it? As followers of Jesus you might be someone's first impression of Christ. You see, the relational good news is this, that God is love and God is loving. And our role is to reflect that. And we need to respond to His love by loving Him and loving others. And I understand that neither of those are always easy at times, especially loving other people. But here's the good part. I've got good news for you this morning. God wants to help you. God wants to help you in that because for God, is, He's at work within you. He's helping us to want to obey Him, and He's helping us to do what He wants in our lives through the work of the Spirit in our lives. Isn't that great news that we don't have to do it on our own? It, it, he doesn't just set us out and, and give us the best shot and goes, go for it. No, no, no. He actually says, here's my Spirit. He will go with you. He will give you the power that you need and the motivation to live for Him. And I've got an invitation for us this morning. If you're not a follower of Jesus, if you do not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then you won't have that spirit to help you along that. You won't have those moments with Jesus in your life. But I've got got good news for you that that invitation is free to each and every person who wants to believe in Him. And it's good news, church, isn't it? It's the best decision you'll ever make. You'll ever make. If you give your life to Jesus, give your life to Christ, calling on Him for forgiveness, turning away from your sins, and asking for His help, and asking Him to give you that eternal life, you know what? He'll do it. 100%. And that's why He sent Jesus. And I can assure you that when Jesus is in your life, it will be better now. Amen? It will be better now. Let us just pray. Father, we just thank you so much that you first loved us. Lord, we're so thankful for the the loving God that you are, that you are love, and you are loving. And Father, we are so thankful that you sent your son Jesus to live in this world, to demonstrate His, His love toward us, and He sacrificed Himself on the cross so that we could have a relationship with You. And when we step into that relationship, we're called to a life that, that, that says that, I love You, God, and I love others. And Father, I pray this morning, if there's someone here this morning who doesn't know You as their Savior, that Your Spirit will just speak to them right now i pray that that they will invite you into their lives and it'll be the best decision they'll ever make because lord we know that that life at times can be tough but it's a lot harder when we don't have jesus so father i pray that your spirit will just move in this place and father for the those of us who have been in relationship with you for a while Lord, I just pray that You will speak to us and remind us of that love, that first love that we have for You. And Lord, maybe we've got to a space where we've either wandered away from You and we're not living in relationship with You, or we've grown um, stale in our relationship with You, Lord. I pray this morning that there'll be an opportunity for people just to receive Your Spirit afresh and have that prodigal son moment where they come back to You. And Lord, maybe this morning as as we consider what it means to love others, you know, Lord, I really pray that if there's people here this morning who have bitterness or unforgiveness in their heart, that there'll be a moment this morning where people can just bow the knee and ask for forgiveness, forgive the people that have hurt them in the past, so that we can live in such a way that our lives totally reflect God's love and our love for others. Lord, help us to be a good example of you. Lord, may the people that we encounter this week just see what it's like to be a follower of Jesus. May we have smiles on our faces. May we say thank you and encourage people and be people that are loving towards others. Lord, help us to control our mouths. Help us to control the tongue, Lord. Help us to be the salt and light of this earth so that people will come to know Jesus and they'll see our lives and they'll say, oh, that's what I need. That's what I want. And God, we are so thankful that You're a Father with wide open arms, calling out to His children and saying, come to me. Come to me. Lord, we just thank You for how we've reflected this morning on what you're doing in this place. We thank you for the salvations we've seen this this year. We thank you for people who've committed by being baptized and we just give you the praise, honor, and glory. And Lord, we ask for more. We ask for more people to come to know you. We ask for more and more to be entered into the family of God. And Lord, may we always be focusing on sharing the love of Jesus because it is the best news And our lives will definitely be better. Lord, we give you praise for what you're doing in this place. And all God's people said, Amen. Thanks for listening to the Crossroads Church Podcast. If you'd like any more information on our church, how to give, or maybe after today's message you'd like to talk to someone, you can find out everything you need to know on our website, which is crossroads.co.nz. Make sure you click subscribe on this podcast so you don't miss out on new content. Thanks for stopping by.